Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning and welcome to the third hour of today. It is Tuesday, October 19th. And guess what today is? What? Today happens to be, we're not making this up, National New Friends Day. Ooh, Did you know that was okay. a thing? I didn't know that. Dylan and I have talked about this yeah. for a while. When you are an adult sometimes and you have careers or kids, yeah. or whatever, it's hard to make new friends. Drake says no new friends. Well, if you listen to Drake, there you no go. new friends. Dylan, yeah. Drake, you know, we quote everybody here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, happy New Friends Day and hopefully you'll find one today. And then we also have... A new, well, are you a new friend? I'm a Tommy of a new friend. We're new friends. I've known yeah. out for a bit. That's yeah. right. That's uh, right. You I don't know if we're cousin. friends, but no. Well, no we, we are friends. friends. We are friends. And, and it says on the prompter here, uh, we have an old friend back in <laughs> Studio 1A. I prefer to say I have a friend who I've known for a yeah, long time. Yeah, not an old friend. That's a lot better. Yeah, That's a lot better. A friend of standing. There, there you go. In fact, you are standing right over there in yeah. our studio. Uh, it's Katie Kirk. We're going to dive into her new memoir, Going There. She's opening up about her rise, her regrets, and some of the standout moments from her career. All yeah. right. Then later, we also have a great consumer confidential to get you ready for Halloween. So many people have questions, especially parents, from costume tips to trick-or-treating advice and some things you might not think of, like how to get your home ready for all the ghosts and goblins, pain you have visited. And there's actually like a new method of giving out candy, which I didn't know about before really? I read the Yeah, it's one of those, it's, it's a modified t-shirt gun. Yeah, yeah, exactly oh, what it is. So it, for yeah. like, for COVID, so you're not actually right, going to get, right. that's actually a good point. The kids stand down the block, <laughs> boom, blow them, yeah. boom. It's anyway. actually important, though, because a lot of people are trying to figure out how to do it safely. Right. So anyway, all right, so that's all ahead coming up. But we want to begin with some clarity on a debate that's been going on for months now. Tomorrow, the FDA is reportedly expected to approve mixing and matching of different types of COVID vaccines. That's according to reports from The New York Times and Washington Post, but not confirmed by NBC News. Earlier on today, Savannah asked Dr. Ajish Jha whether he sees a benefit to mixing and matching. Yeah, if you got Moderna or Pfizer, I see no data that says that there's any downside. I also don't see any data that says there's an upside. It's probably the same. So get whichever one is convenient. Uh, I don't think it makes a huge difference. So here's one important note. The government would not recommend one shot over another. They might even say that using the same vaccine as a booster when possible is preferable, mm -hmm. according to the New York Times, citing people familiar with the agency's planning. And those vaccines are a big reason why sports are back in mm. a big way. One of the best times of the year. If you're a sports fan, all four major U.S. sports are yep. in action at the same time. That's a lot of TV, yeah. uh, including the NBA kicking off tonight with a doubleheader. After two seasons of either no fans or really limited attendance, teams are going to be open in those arenas is up for vaccinated fans. Tonight's games feature some of the biggest stars. However, one who will not be on the court, Brooklyn Nets superstar Kyrie Irving, mm. made a lot of headlines for deciding not to get the COVID vaccine, so he will not be playing or even practicing mm. with the team for now. Big, big story with a lot of Nets fans yeah. all across the NBA, really. While basketball is just getting started, baseball is winding down with four teams left competing to make it to the World Series. Last night, the Boston Red Sox made some postseason history. This was an incredible game. Kyle Schrauber smashed a grand slam in the second inning. It's the third straight game with a grand slam for Boston. That's a pretty crazy stat. That's the most any team has ever hit in a playoff series, and there's still time to add to that. Boston leads the Houston Astros two games to one. In the other series, the Dodgers and Braves, Atlanta won two nail biters. They play game three tonight. Dodgers have a lot of catching up to do. World Series will be here before we know yeah. it. All right, now from America's pastime to our fascination with all things royal. It's a special day, you should know, across the pond with a private reception taking place at Kensington Palace. It's essentially a chance to honor Princess Diana and thank all of those who contributed to the creation of this statue. We've talked about it here on Third Hour today. This was unveiled by her sons, 
earlier this year. Let's go to NBC's Molly Hunter. She's live at Kensington Palace today with a preview of what to expect. Good morning. Hey, Chanel. Hi, guys. Good morning. That's right. So it's a very windy day at Kensington Palace. I am very much outside the palace. The private reception will happen later tonight inside the palace. And that statue we've been talking about, you can't see it from where I'm standing. It's just behind that hedge in the sunken garden. I've had a chance to see it in person. It's really, really beautiful. And Chanel, as you said, Kensington Palace says tonight is a private reception. And we understand some big ticket donors and benefactors will be here to celebrate the life and legacy of Princess Diana. Take a look. This morning, preparations are underway for a party fit for a princess. Months after Prince William and Prince Harry unveiled this statue of their mother in a small, intimate gathering, today a larger private reception postponed because of COVID, a moment to acknowledge those who made the statue possible. This wasn't paid by the British nation. It wasn't paid by the UK government. It was paid by donations and benefactors. Now open to the public, overlooking the sunken garden at Kensington Palace, the statue depicts Princess Diana as a humanitarian, surrounded by three children. Both brothers worked closely with the sculptor to bring their vision to life, reuniting on what would have been Diana's 60th birthday. There had even been some hope that the memory of their mother might heal the rift between them. We all kept our fingers crossed that this was going to be an occasion that would bring the boys together. Those hopes were dashed when the unveiling happened. And then I think people thought, well, maybe October will be the moment they'd come together. And those hopes have been dashed. Do we know when we'll see the brothers together again? There are rumors that Harry and Meghan might come back for Christmas, might do the traditional Christmas at Balmoral with the Queen. And obviously they would bring the children. There would be a lot of support for that. But today, only one of her sons, the country's future king, will be here to greet Princess Diana's supporters. Harry, Meghan, Little Archie and Lilibet are not crossing the pond for today's ceremony, a sign that all may not be healed. At home in the U.S., Harry and Meghan recently teaming up with the Wall Street firm Ethic after a whirlwind trip to New York City last month. While here in the U.K., Prince William focusing on the Earthshot Prize, the star-studded environmental awards over the weekend, speaking passionately about climate change. We need some of the world's greatest brains and minds fixed on trying to repair this planet. Following his mother's advocacy and his father too, Prince Charles, of course, has been speaking out about climate change for decades. Right now, keeping the focus on the COP26 climate summit at the end of the month. And like Diana during her lifetime, encouraging the next generation to take action. And guys, the big question that I asked Daisy that at least some people have is when will we see those two brothers together again? And Daisy does say there are a lot of cross fingers, as she mentioned, on this side of the Atlantic that maybe Harry and Meghan might come over for Christmas. But I got to say, you can kind of forgive them for not coming over now. They've got a newborn. They've got a toddler. Fair there's enough. COVID. There's a lot going on. I'll send it back to you, Chris. I have no, no peace in this whatsoever, but that sounds like a beautiful thought. The reunion. I, want, I, want I, think, I think people would like the reunion. That'd, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be great. nice. Yeah. Al? Just Let's say <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure. For holidays. All I want is I want Prince William's green velour out there. I told go. you the That's next beautiful. climate change story you that do, is, green velour for that, you. That is pretty good. I yeah. love that one. Hey, just ahead, as we've mentioned, Katie Couric is back here in Studio 1A. She's going to talk about going there, her new memoir that's making a lot of headlines. She's going to share memories, highlights, and a whole lot more. And then a little bit later, Vicki Wynn bringing us a Halloween Consumer Confidential. What to know about masks, candy, and pumpkins. <laughs> Yeah. There are many we'll things to you know about we'll pumpkin, yeah. but not pumpkin spice. Uh, third hour today. We'll be right back.
Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Sparted Podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. All this morning, we're catching up with somebody we all know very well who's haunted these these hallowed halls. <laughs> That's right. Oh, we're getting it's close to Halloween. Right? We're getting close to Halloween. Yeah. Uh, Katie Cork is back here to talk about her new book, Going There. It goes back to Katie's time here at Studio 1A, even beyond uh, when she started out in local news. She's here to tell us all about it back again. It is good to see you. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for letting me be the guest who wouldn't leave. <laughs> you know, pretty much. Yeah. So. so here's the thing. I mean, you you started in local news in, in Miami. You've worked your way, obviously, to the pinnacle in this, this, this business. Why did you decide that now was the time to write a memoir? I mean, this thing took you three years to write. Yeah. Uh, now, you, you, tried to de you decided to do it now. Why now? And is it a relief to get mm. this out there? Um, yes, it's, I'm very excited because I'm super proud of it. I feel like I gave birth to this book and it was a three-year gestation period. But, you know, you ask why now. I'm 64 and uh, that's when you're supposed to say no. <laughs> and, no! And basically, I just thought this was a good time to look back at all the things in my career to kind of um, make Jay come alive for Ellie and Carrie uh, and and talk about our courtship and why we fell in love because, you know, they were six and two, Alice, you remember when he passed away. And so that was a big goal. And, and the other reason is I've witnessed so much of history. I've had so many opportunities. I, I think my life encompasses so many life lessons mm -hmm. about taking risks, falling on your face, embarrassing yourself in front of millions of people. <laughs> And so I just thought there were some some life lessons in there that I wanted to talk about mm -hmm. to not only my daughters, but to people who have followed me professionally. And uh, I thought about calling it while I still remember. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, let's face it's it, out. There's a so, lot uh, to remember. There were a lot of details about my early career and about experiences that had happened to me. And I kept so many speeches and so many notebooks. I have flashcards from the 2008 election from mm. CBS, and I think it was also a great excuse to clean my basement. By yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, people, you know, people who have you know watched you for years. You talk a little bit about this, and we can. A lot of us can relate to this, where people feel like they know you, yeah. right? And they put you in this box, if you will. And you also talk about you know people call you America's sweetheart. I don't even know if you liked that phrase at the time. I have, you, I have a love hate relationship. I wondered with that about phrase. that, yeah. because, but anyway, and this actually alludes to that. So then, when you were writing this 
this book did you worry about, or even now there's so many things that have surfaced about the book, people who haven't read it yet are upset or they feel like it's tough. Do you worry how it's received? There's anything you want to say to those folks who say, oh, no, not my Katie. She wouldn't, she wouldn't say something like that. She wouldn't want to hurt anyone. Well, you know what? I think so much of it has been taken out of context. You re read the book. There's some cheeky observations, mm -hmm. you know, and I have fun, you know, mentioning things. But when they're plucked out mm -hmm. and then kind of woven together to try to kind of misrepresent the narrative, I think anyone who reads the book knows the spirit of the book, mm -hmm. that it's fun, that, yes, I'm honest about some things, but I want it to be honest. And it's not, you know, My Little Pony and Sunshine and Lollipops. Glitter I mean, it's a, it's, it's a true account of my journey through, you know, from my perspective. And so... I read, you know, I say, as I, I think I told Savannah, I say so many nice things about people, but like if I said, you know, Jane looked like her ponytail looked like a squirrel, that was a joke. Mm. And there were like 27 things, I worshiped Jane Polly, that I was so excited to brush by her at my first radio and TV correspondence dinner. So I think a lot of it is just simply completely taken out of context. And that, to, to get clicks, yeah. probably. Mm -hmm. you know? No, that is true. We, we had a chance to read your book, and that is true what you're saying. And when you're reading the book, you realize why you were so successful. It is so funny, so relatable in the beginning. You're so self-deprecating. But then you also sort of notice a change. And I think it, it sort of happens when you decide to leave the Today Show. And so when I was reading this, I wanted to ask you, do you think you changed? Do you, do you think the person that became so su successful in the Today Show became a different person when you decided to leave? I don't really. I mean, I think I wanted to try something new and have a new challenge. Um, I loved my years on the Today Show. It's such a great job, and it's so much fun, and the people are so wonderful. But no, I don't really think I changed at all. I the think fame I, and the money, it, it didn't, you don't think it changed you? No, I don't think so. I really don't. I'm essentially the same person who, I am, who I've always been. You know, I think it's hard because, you know, you get all these forces and, you know, you feel like, gosh, this is, this is a lot to handle. And I think there were times when probably the hubris got to me. I right. think it gets to everybody and you have to kind of level set. But I think I've always had my, my priority straight. And I think that when my husband died and my sister died, I realized very quickly what really matters is, mm -hmm. you know, your family and the people who are closest to you. Mm -hmm. so, um, but I think the problem is probably I didn't change enough when I went to CBS. I was more of a product of the Today Show and NBC, and mm -hmm. I think it was a real culture clash. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think people internally really accepted me, and I thought we were much further along when it came to sexism. Uh, because I enjoyed such a great position at the Today Show, I thought America was really ready mm. for a female anchor of the evening news, and I think we were just not as far along as I naively thought, I think. You mean the folks at CBS? Bo both internally, mm -hmm. but also externally. Um, you know, I'm not sure if the country was ready for a female anchor, maybe they weren't just ready for me as a female mm -hmm. anchor because of their perceptions of me. But I really went there to say a woman can do this job with right. confidence and competence. And that's really what, what motivated my decision, not because, oh, I'm, you know, I mean, I was doing great here. Right. You know, I, I know Jay's story, you as a, a young widow with you know, two small girls, very important to you. Uh, but when we look at it professionally, I, I remember 
I, I wasn't doing the show full time. I, I was watching, and you were doing that interview with Barbara Bush, and then uh, yeah. uh, George H. W. Bush walks in. I remember thinking, you know, this is this, this is a sea change for this this woman. Mm. She is never going to be the same for her professionally again. Are those one of those moments that you that when you look back at it, it was kind of this pivotal moment in your career? Yeah, I remember that morning so well. Um, Al, because Stone Phillips was filling in, and I was interviewing Mrs. Bush about the White House. It was the anniversary of the White House, and I had studied the ball and claw, you know, feed on the chairs and the Dolly Madison tea set. I mean, I had every little aspect of those rooms memorized, and suddenly I hear li the pitter-patter of little dog feet and followed by the president himself. Mm. And it was like, oh my God. And so I had to start interviewing him and I hadn't prepared for that. So, um, you know, that was a really challenging time, but you know, it was fun. I remember Barbara Bush, I think I mentioned the book, looking at her watch, like, come on, George. And me saying, Marlon Fitzwater is pulling out what's left of his hair. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think it was a moment where I had to kind of really, you know, just just dig deep and figure out, like, how do I make this turn? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why this show is so great. You can do a really serious yeah. interview and then something ridiculous. And now, uh, congratulations on Ellie's wedding. Uh, Thank and you. So I guess next Both of is, you guys. Yes. What are you going to be called? I think in honor of my dad when it happens, uh, uh, Pop Pop. Pop. How about you? What about you? I don't know. I was thinking, I don't know, Gigi? Is that weird? Gigi. No, Gigi. My great grandmother's Gigi. Really? Yeah. Mine was Nana, and I like that too, but I don't know. How about Katie? That makes me feel less old. Grandma yeah. Katie? Grandma no! Without <laughs> the grandma. No grandma. No grandma. No grandma. Yeah. Katie, thanks so much. Going on tour as well for the yes, book. Yes, Nine Cities. Yeah. Come right. buy your tickets, everyone. Uh, In person, the book, right? Yeah. The book going there out October 26th. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, guys. You, Thank you. When we come back, it is our Halloween Consumer Confidential. Vicki Wynn is here to talk costumes, candy, and she might even scare up some savings. She's always talking about saving money. And then later... Justina Machado and Elizabeth Rome are live to tell us about their dramatic new movie with a major twist. Mm. When the third hour of today continues in just 60 seconds. We didn't get there. It is time now for our Consumer Confidential. Don't want to scare you, but Halloween is 12 days away. 12 wow. days. My goodness. Spending is expected to reach a new record this year of more than $10 billion. Yeah, and here to help us set up for the safe and spooky Halloween is NBC News investigative and consumer correspondent Vicki Wynn. Vicki, good morning good to morning. you. Good morning. Look at this. We're standing. We have all these fun props to talk about. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, you know, we did a poll, and I'm, I'm reading our notes here, yeah. that people, nearly 75% of people who were asked say they're going to do trick-or-treating. Right. That's a yep. great stat, yeah. and we're all excited about that. So just tell us, like, what can we do to stay safe? Yeah, Start us count off me among that. So one yeah. of the questions I'm getting is, are kids going to be vaccinated by the time Halloween rolls around, the 5 to 11-year-olds? And the short answer no. is no, no. Sure. because next Tuesday the FDA is meeting. They're going to talk about maybe that Pfizer booster giving it the emergency use authorization, but that won't be in effect for kids at, on Halloween. So what you need to do if you want to be extra careful is consider having your kids wearing a mask if they're going to bunch up, as kids do, at the front of the door. But the, the good news here is that Halloween is relatively low risk. We are outside. We mm -hmm. know fresh air ventilation is a fantastic place to be and helps lower COVID risk. So I think people should feel good about taking their kids door to door. Just pack the hand sanitizer and do the basic safety things that you remind them of, which is glow sticks, flashlights, and um, making sure parents look at the candy before they eat it. I was going to ask you about that. Who should you travel before with? What should you 
you carry? Yes. I mean, should it be different? You just mentioned hand sanitizer. I didn't even think about that, honestly. Yeah, you know, I mean, we are in flu season as well, so it's just really a good idea. I know that we say, like, don't have the kids eat the candy when they're on the route. That never happens. Obviously, mm -hmm. the kids want to dig they in do. as sure. soon as they do. The other thing I would say is if you are passing out candy, you want to make sure that you do that and keep your hands washed. Don't let kids reach into the bucket. Oh. This is a good year to kind of just keep hand hygiene as a priority. What about those weird things, right? Like, there's, like, some kind of, like, hose things you can throw the candy through some people yeah. did those? people totally did that last year. Very <laughs> creative ways of being, you know, trying to be contact-free. People put little individual candy bags out on tables, or they made those candy shoots, which was mm -hmm. a lot of fun. I think we can relax and go back yeah. to as normal as okay. a Halloween as possible. What's the significance of the blue bucket? So this is really interesting, Alan. It is, I think, going to be a talker and somewhat controversial. You may see kids carrying these blue buckets, and the idea behind it is that will identify a child who maybe uh, have autism or maybe uh, have oh, a disability okay. or on the spectrum in some way. Hmm. So maybe you have a lot of lights and you know strobing effects and loud oh, noises yeah. at your house. I didn't know you that. You might want to be considerate. However, there are parents who say, I will make a decision for my children. Please yeah. don't identify them with this blue bucket and yeah. expect to kind of other them. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's going to be individual family preference. Okay. Before we move real quick, if your kid's wearing a mask, they yeah. may still have to wear a mask, right? Yes, and you don't want to have them wearing a mask over a costume mask. There are so many fun little, Why do like, you say that? What do you mean? You know, it could restrict their breathing. Yeah. That's oh, a concern of having, a, okay, okay. you know, mask one of these mask. masks, yeah. like a yeah. fun kid mask, and then another Halloween mask. Got it's it. It's a lot of layers. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about adults? taking precautions safety-wise. Yes, so the hand hygiene, make sure you wash your hands. Mm -hmm. And I would say, if you want to be considerate, because there are a lot of kids who can't get vaccinated, wear a mask when you come to the door. You don't yeah. know who okay. you're going to be sure. answering the door for. So even if you are vaccinated, it's just, you know, a couple hours of passing Common out sense. candy. Yeah. yeah. Giving, yep. And really quickly, we talk, you always talk about saving money. I yes. didn't realize there's a pumpkin shortage. I guess we shouldn't oh be surprised. Supply chain issues have affected everything, pumpkins notwithstanding. So something to consider if you're wanting to save money. Check the grocery store. Pumpkin patches are great, and I don't mm. want to discourage people, no. but prices tend to be a little higher because you're paying for the experience, the photos, and that kind of thing. The other thing is faux pumpkins are really fun, and you can have them year after year if you can find some. Or you can even put a glow stick or a candle in a jar and, and kind of celebrate that way. As far as costumes go, I love this idea shopping your own closet hand-me-downs sure. and mm -hmm. also talking to your neighbors about costume swapping that's mm -hmm. something we can do because oh. some costumes are hard to find this year or search the internet for clever ideas for example this year my daughter is actually going to wear a squid hat and carry a monopoly board Squid, squid game. game. Yeah. Yeah. I love those costumes. And that's so easy. Nice. Because right. when that was like $5 and we have a Monopoly game at home. So that's cute. there are lots Boom. of word plays and fun things you can do that are I forgot your family goes all out for something. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Individual candy bags. Thank you for you rounding the, the bag. Side. Thank you. Individual bags. Thank you, Another Uncle great Al. idea. This is not an Al Roker because and your hands are fun size. Big one. That's right. Vicki Wynn, thanks as always for these tips and more. Check out all the advice on our website at today.com slash Halloween. All right. When we come back, Justina Machado and Elizabeth Rome are live here in studio. We're going to find out about their new movie with a shocking twist. Mm -hmm. ah, ah, ah. We'll be right back. And this morning we are joined by a great entertainment duo. That's Justina right. Machado played a single mom in the reimagining of One Day at a Time. You may remember her from that role. Elizabeth Rome's acting resume includes her time on Law and Order, who could forget that, and big screen roles like the hit film American Hustle. And now they're teaming up for a new film. Elizabeth directs Switched Before Birth. Work with me here. It follows two women who collide after a mistake during IVF, leaving one to give birth to the other's 
biological baby. A lifetime movie plot oh. twist at its best. My friend killed it. Listen, <laughs> you know it. it's good when you watch the playback and you're like, yeah. I was like, that's quite I a love switch it. Up. I love it. So, Justina, let me yeah. start with you. Why did you want to bring this character, Anna, to life? I mean, and this is a frankly very relatable, successful, loving husband, you know, professional, but what's missing is a baby. Even yes. just that setup alone is relatable. Which is why I wanted to do it. You know, yeah. I've always, I'm always looking at something and looking at the character, and I loved what she had to offer. I love that she had everything going on in her life, and the only thing she didn't have is what mm -hmm. she can't have. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and her quest to that, because we all know what that feels like. Uh -huh. Whether it's a child or it's anything else, we know what it feels like to not be in control of something mm -hmm. like that. So that drew me to it. And then, of course, this powerhouse was the director, and I just adore her. So. And we've acted together, <laughs> so to get to direct her was a privilege awesome. beyond. And I actually was on the Today Show talking about my struggle with infertility. Mm -hmm. So to tell a story that delves into that, that sort of wild west of that industry mm -hmm. and so forth was really meaningful to both That's of us. good. You know, yeah. I think the message here that you, 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 know, you guys have brought to the screen so powerfully, and, and my wife and I, both of our kids are, are uh, from IVF, we had IVF, uh, that you don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. You know, we are asking questions, oh, when are you gonna have a chance? And, and people need to think and stop before they, because they don't know what's going on. Well, there's still a stigma, and it's unfortunate that it's a taboo topic still. Mm -hmm. So you're right, people don't know how we have our miracle babies, and I feel that a film like this can really make it more of an open topic. People can become more open about their journey with it. I had a child through IVF as well, and I feel like this is a topic that still really needs to come out into the open, mm -hmm. out of the closet. So talk to us about making this because it's such a serious topic. It's something so personal. You guys are friends. We can see yeah. that chemistry here. But it is an intense movie, Justina. I mean, just getting into character, mm -hmm. but then when the cameras weren't rolling, what was that like? You know, She's it's so easy. funny. It's, you She's know how easy. I, I just go back to looking at the script. You wow. know what I mean? And then I go right back in it. It's like I don't really have any kind of formula that, you know, it, it's so exciting to do something that's fun. It's so exciting to dig your nails into something that you can really act and do all that stuff. So right. it's so, I never, it's never a bad thing. It's always an yeah. exciting thing, even after a, a scene like that. And she's, and she's a privilege. I mean, you, you should just start rolling the cameras when she starts acting. So that's what we do on, on rehearsal and, and really being able to direct a friend, you're so intimate with each other, we've acted before, so mm -hmm. you have an unspoken language. It's good. So, so there's a lot of honesty, it? by the way. We can be so, yeah, really, really honest. Okay. We need that. Oh, so yeah. We can yeah. be very yeah, yeah. honest with each other okay. about something I didn't like, about something she didn't like. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I, I did love that about us working we together that. this way, yeah. yeah. So is there any, are there any plans for you guys to get back together on screen? We are. We're, yeah. we're going to act together this year for Lifetime. We're going to do another film. Yes. We're a duo. The dynamic yes. duo. Can you give us any, any, any hints here? I don't know. Maybe a little Cagney and Lacey for you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That was a good one. For all you Law & Order fans out that. there. Oh. Okay, so wait. Before you go, I'm, I'm like, I know this is right because it says it right here, but I just want to make sure. Congratulations are in order. You're engaged? Yes. Yes, thank yeah. you. Thank Congratulations. You. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Going on. It, I know. It's been a rough year for the world, I think, but it's been a great year yeah. as well. You guys are coming back strong. Yeah, yeah we're coming yeah, back we're trying strong. To. <laughs> Justina Machado, Elizabeth Rome, thank you guys both. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank, thank you, you for you. supporting us. Yes. Switch Before Birth premieres on Lifetime this Saturday. Coming up next, we haven't heard this in a while, Overheard on 3rd. Uh -huh. We're going to talk about some hot topics. Then later, rising pop star Riley Clemens taking third-hour music to new heights. And you'll see these heights when we come back on the third hour of today.
So excited. We have exhumed, overheard on third. <laughs> Not exhumed. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, for Halloween. Well, it's Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, if, so if you're looking to an alternative to your daily horoscope, you might want to turn to Noodle the Pug. Mm -hmm. A noodle has captivated TikTok with his daily mood and through his bones or no bones videos. So it's a kind of a prediction of what kind of day you might have. His owner, Jonathan Graziano, records a video of the 13-year-old dog every morning. If he stands up, it's a bones day. What does cause, that mean? Cause, cause for celebration. So you're gonna have a good day if right. he stands up. That's right, but it's a no bones day <laughs> when he flops back over onto his doggy bed. That's when his owner advises viewers not to take any risks. It's like an emotional Groundhog's Day. So here's the thing. Yes. People are so into this. This video has racked up more than 10 million views. Yeah. And people were seriously like, okay, he's up. Okay, I'm going to have a good day today. And he's down. I'm just going to be easy today at work. I'm not going to ask yeah. for a raise. No. Okay. Gonna... Noodle's just like, can you leave me alone? I know, right? He's like, can you leave me alone? <laughs> He's just, like, just lay down. He's like, I'm there. not a groundhog. That's it, bones. Right. Yeah. Speaking of bones, uh, check out these bones. Alan Perkins decorated his Ohio home for Halloween. It looks like a giant skeleton Whoa. is breaking out of the house. <laughs> Uh, and he said he actually didn't damage his actual roof to make this. He's had an idea for this idea for a few years and finally brought it to life. That Look is at that. unbelievable. I, I love people that go overboard with Halloween. Do you, do you I, I love, we never did, but like I love when I drive by a house or in New York, you know, you, you go by a building or a townhouse and it's just in got place. incredible decorations. So people cool. People are spending more, I think, on, on Halloween decorations. They, than are. they are. Actually on Christmas We, we live in a, in a building and there's one floor in our building where they go insane that the kids get off the elevator and the kids just start crying it's so scary, mm -hmm. but I love that. Yes. I, I think that's fun. That's so the Halloween spirit. Up, did you guys decorate a house? Or we did a little like bit, but we never went overboard. Well, there yeah. was decorations, but involved toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we did, oh, we did a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of Halloween, Huffington Post spoke to nutritionists about giving out healthy candy or alternative snacks to trick or treaters. Mm -hmm. It's a bad idea. It's a, don't do that. Don't know no, apples. No, they say depriving kids of candy could actually lead them to binge on candy later in larger quantities. So you know what? I can attest to yes. that in my own house uh -huh. because I have, was a stickler and still kind of am about candy and no right. gum. I right. talked about this. And what's happened is I've created a monster because yeah. then now when, when they, they get it, it yeah. they, go they go crazy. So I think, yeah, slow so, and steady runs the race. You know what was the worst was the, um, the pennies. You get to somebody's oh, house please. and they got like a jar of pennies. It was What's like, that? what? Come what is this? And it's gross. Yeah. What's your worst candy? <sighs> like one of those like sort of hard rock candies that you just uh, don't even know what it is. And you're like, yeah. uh, like ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a fan of the candy corn? Oh, yeah, I can do a good candy corn. Really? I love candy no, corn. See, that's an oxymoron. There is no good candy corn. Yeah, there is. So it's, like candy corn? it's colored wax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With sugar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> With it's, sugar. It's the, and by the way, the fun size candy bars. Yes. They're not fun. Well, well, they're fun. You just eat a hundred of them. They're I mean, not, like yeah, but that's not candy, fun. You eat like five candy bars. You know what would be a fun size bar? What? Three times as big as a normal candy bar. <laughs> so there you go. That's so fun. Trick or just go eat your way in, hollow it out, and just yeah. live there. Hey, by the way, uh, we're looking to answer your kitchen conundrums, this time all about Halloween. So okay. go to our third hour today on Instagram or Twitter. Send us your questions, and we're going to try to make cooking this time of year a little less scary. That would be cute. All right. Okay, when we come back, rising pop star Riley Clemens is about to head out on tour, but not before she joins us first, live as the third <laughs> hour of today continues. <laughs> you. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. 
Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console console it. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet. Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film The Aviators. Now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. The City Music Series on today is proudly presented to you by City. Our next guest is a rising pop artist with true Nashville roots. At just 21 years old, Riley Clemens already has more than 210 million career global streams and 50 million YouTube views. Yeah, her sophomore album, Godsend, is filled with songs about faith, breakups, and family. And Riley joins us today to share a special performance. Riley, good morning. So great to have you on the third hour of today. Hey, Riley. Hi, you guys. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hey, Riley. So, you know, when we were reading about you, I, I love the fact that you first started singing, like so many other musicians, in church. Mm. Yes, uh, that's the roots. I grew up on Southern gospel music, the Gaithers, the Isaacs, and it really taught me that that passion that's so deeply rooted in music. And I've I've been grateful for that throughout the past few years of my career. I love it. In just a few days, you're headed on tour. Are you excited to get back on the road? I am so excited. We've been in rehearsals all week. The live music is such a blessing and such a gift right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Thank you so much. This is so surreal, you guys. What, what an honor to get to share. I mean, anytime an artist gets the opportunity to share pieces of their story, and that, that is what my album is full of, is, is the highs and lows of, of life and, and my journey with, with faith and breakups and, and all, of, all of those things. So it's an honor to get to share that here. Oh, thank you, Riley. Riley, you have a yeah. beautiful voice and a beautiful spirit. We love you. Right. Come back. Yep. I can't wait to hear you come here and do that live. Yeah. That's what yeah. we need to do. Thank you, Riley. All right, you can catch oh. Riley, by the way, on tour with Torn Wells starting next week. Her album, Godsend, is available right now. We'll be right back. As you know, our buddy Dylan is on maternity leave, but you can still catch the latest episode of Dylan Dishes, Cooking with Cal, over on our streaming channel today, all day. Dylan revealing her secret ingredient to make two classic chicken recipes mm. feel brand new. It includes chicken. Uh, head to today.com at 11 a.m. Eastern and it. catch it all throughout the day. I've always wanted to go like this. Oh, come on. you, you got to get in. Tomorrow, Jen, the Jenna third Bush hour Hager today, get, get Chicago Firestars, Taylor Kinney, David Eigenberg in studio. Come on down, Jen. Like, she's trying to hide. Coming up on Hoda Ooh, look at Katie Couric. Katie Couric. Katie Couric. Woo! Oh, oh, Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Yes. Woo!